Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I am Ashley, and I am so excited to be here with you today. As always, I love jumping on the mic and just connecting with you. And today's topic, I'm feeling really pumped up about (laughs) because um, if you follow me on Instagram or on YouTube or social media, you might have seen that I recently opened enrollment or opened the doors for casual to confident piano player. This was back in September and I, wow, it was an exciting time. It was an exciting time and I learned a lot and I wanted to do an episode where I dive in and I talk about the biggest takeaways and I am going to give you like six, well, kind of seven actually, like six or seven tangible things and tangible takeaways. But I also wanted to give you a little bit of history about Casual to Confident Piano Player because I've been getting a lot of questions lately about how to create something scalable and how to uh, like take your idea and actually make it a reality. And so I figured I haven't really ever done an episode where I did like a behind the scenes into Casual to Confident Piano Player. And so I wanted to do that. And now is the perfect time to do it because I just had this exciting launch, right? I just had this exciting open enrollment period. And right after my open enrollment periods, I always have a lot of lessons, a lot of takeaways, a lot of reflections. And so as I am thinking about those things and trying to capture those things for my own business and for my own knowledge for next time, I thought this is just like the perfect time to share it all with you as well. So um, before we dive into the takeaways, I do want to give you a little bit of a like a behind the scenes of just the history of the program and how it came to be and what it is. And that way, the takeaways that I share with you are going to make a Lot more sense. So if you have been, you know, around for a while, then you probably already know what Casual to Confident is, but it is my group program for adults. And the whole premise of Casual to Confident is that I want to be able to help adults play way more beautifully by learning how to practice smarter, not harder. So they do this by transforming the way that they practice. They learn completely new methods that they can use to practice. And this helps them sound so much better at the piano. I also teach them um, using my confidence roadmap. I teach them all of the milestones that they have to hit when they're learning a piece. And this helps them stay organized and helps them know like where they're going with every single piece that they're learning. Now, Casual with the Confident Piano Player has evolved. Okay, it has evolved into something really incredible. And my original idea for it was always really big and it always excited me, but it's taken me a minute to get here. And I think that that's an important thing to share. This isn't officially one of the takeaways, but an important thing to share is that this has evolved and it didn't start out as the product that it is today. And I think that that's an important thing to remember because when we're coming up with ideas and I'll get, I'll use myself as an example. I am in the process of coming up with a couple of ideas and I want to get them perfect. <laughs> I, I, I've shared before on the podcast that I am a recovering perfectionist and that I like to try to get things as perfect as possible on the first try. I also know 
how hard it is to change something once I've already put it in motion. And so for these reasons, I always want to try to do things, you know, the best way from the very beginning. And while that can be a good intention to do things the best way, it can also really limit my, I can limit myself when I think about that because it actually can prevent me from getting started sometimes or prevent me from making choices to take a step in the next direction or a step towards what I want because I'm trying so hard to get it right that I'm like not doing it at all. So um, I just wanted to point that out. So I originally started Casual the Confident Piano Player in the spring of 2022. So a little over a year ago, I guess maybe all like a year and a quarter, a year and a third ago. And when I originally started it, I did imagine that it would really, really help people and that it would be a solution for adult piano players who have these mistakes that they think they are alone with, but like actually a lot of people are suffering from the same mistakes and same issues. And I always envisioned the program being really big and having a lot of members. And I, I envisioned like building this community that was just very encouraging and respectful. And I started it though, like from a behind the scenes business standpoint, I started it as kind of like a membership, a repeating membership where it was like a hundred dollars a month to get access to these group classes. And once I built it and I started selling it and I started executing it, I realized that I didn't know how to communicate the value to people. And also that the way that I designed it wasn't exactly the best way to get people results. And it was after, let's see, like three or four months of selling this program that I actually hired a business coach that really helped me get a lot clearer on like what the pillars were of my program and what my curriculum was, like what the curriculum was of like how I get people from point A to point B and how do I explain that pe to people in a way that makes sense to them. And this is something that I always have struggled with. Um, I'm sure you can relate in some ways as like as a musician and a pianist, I know how to help people. I know how to get people results. I know how to help them improve, but it's hard for me to actually explain that to people sometimes, or it used to be really hard for me to explain that to, to people sometimes. And so at this point, when I hired the coach, I kind of redid the program. I added a lot of other components to the program. So it wasn't just like classes. It actually now has like a training vault of curriculum with videos and PDFs. And I added a bunch of other cool features like class replays. And I really solidified what my curriculum was, like what that roadmap was and how I got people results which not only started getting people even better results, but it also allowed me to be able to talk about it with more conviction. And at that point, I totally changed the pricing structure. I raised the price significantly and I made the main pricing structure like a, a high ticket buy-in for a year of access. Now I do still offer a month to month payment option, but it's kind of secondarily to that high ticket, you know, once a year payment. So now, flash forward to today, Casual the Confident is what it is. And I actually ended up this same business coach, I ended up buying into like her higher packaging mastermind to really perfect and refine the process of launching. So launching is when you essentially sell something, right? You promote something and launching can be like, you have a new product that you're launching for the first time. It can be what I'm doing with casual to confident where I'm like opening the doors for enrollment for an existing thing. But this existing thing, my program is not something that people can join anytime. Right. I've set it up so that I actually only open the doors to it this year. It was three times and next year it's going to be two times. And that's because I want to be able to create a rhythm and like seasons in my business where I'm onboarding new people and then seasons where I'm not onboarding new people and I'm kind of like writing it out. And then another season where I'm onboarding new people and then another season where I'm writing it out. 
And this allows me to plan for other products that I'm promoting and other things that I'm creating in the background so that I, I'm not always trying to sell casual to confident piano player. Now, there's also some other, there's like other reasons for that, um, having to do with creating demand and, you know, nurturing people and all of that kind of stuff. But that's a topic for another episode. So when I started working on this process of launching Casual to Confident Piano Player, I, I really started refining like a rinse and repeat event that I could do. So last year at the end of 2022, I was creating new events like every month. I was coming up with like new topics and running these challenges in my Facebook groups and it was effective. I was getting people to join the program, but I felt exhausted and burnt out because I was always, I always felt like I had to be like creating new things. And so I did, I was doing all sorts of different challenges and different kind of masterclasses and workshops and things like that. And it just got exhausting. So when my coach told me that it would be possible to create like a really high quality event and then to continue to use that same event to launch this program over and over again, I was like, that sounds like what I want to do. That sounds like the epitome of working smarter, not harder. If I could do this one event and do it over and over again, I would learn from it each time. And because I would be doing the same thing, it really would simplify a lot of the logistics behind the scenes of like the email tagging and promoting the event and all of that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of how I came to be where I am this year, where I've been running this promotional event called Piano Practice Lab. And Piano Practice Lab is a four day event. It is a big deal guys. It's not, I mean, it's not a small thing and it's also something that provides people a lot of value. Okay. And that's just a note that I will most likely come back to, but it's a free event that provides a lot of value. And then at the end of that free event, I open up enrollment into casual, the confident piano player. Now this leads me to the point where I can start sharing some of my takeaways because I just ran that event in September for the third time. And each time I've run it, I have not only been more successful with how many people I've gotten into my audience and how, how much I've grown my community and how many people join casual, the confident piano player, but I also have learned so much as a business owner. It's wild how much I've learned. And the success part of it is great. Like the part of it where I'm like, yeah, I actually see the increase of numbers. Of course that's exciting. And of course that's great. But what I'm really feeling and leaning into at the end of this third launch is how much I learned. And I'm just really proud of how much I've been able to learn. And I feel like a much more knowledgeable business owner. And I feel like I've just got this event down and this concept of launching. Now that's not to say that I'm perfect at it or that there's nothing to learn. Um, but anyway, that's where I thought the gold would be is to kind of share the behind the scene takeaways with you because having gone through it three times, there's a lot of them. So uh, the first takeaway that I wanna share with you is I wanna share with you that the energy going into this event, going into this free event of Piano Practice Lab is incredibly important. And when I say the energy going into it, I'm talking about my energy. So one thing that I've learned is how to put systems in place that are repeatable so that I feel like I can preserve my energy and stay positive. Now, I don't know about you, but I have this tendency. I've learned this about myself in business. I have this tendency to get really excited and like very, very energetic about the creation of new things. So I have new ideas like constantly and I'm constantly having to rein myself in and like remind myself that I don't have time to create all of the new ideas that I come up with. So, you know, questioning like which ones are the most important ones, which one are actually going to get me closer to my company values and my mission statement and that kind of stuff. But, um, the energy going 
into something I actually create, I, I have a tendency to get super low energy about it. So it's like, I'm very excited to create the thing. I spend all the time creating the thing. And then when it comes down to like promote it or sell it, I have a tendency to get a little negative about it and to kind of give up right before I'm about to do the thing. Okay. And this is a really good thing that I know about myself. And I would urge you to check in with yourself about this of like, anytime you launch something new to your studio or you're sharing something new to your community, like, of course you get a, get excited coming up with the idea, but what is the energy that you bring into it when you're actually talking about the thing or promoting it? Because it's a, I think it's a little bit of a defense mechanism in my brain of like, I come up with the idea that's so exciting. And then when it actually comes time to promoting it, I think in order to, I don't think this is true, but I think my brain's like subconscious logic is like, if I kind of give up before I try, then I won't be disappointed if it doesn't work. And I think that's a common human thing, but it's just something I've noticed about myself. So the big thing that I tried to change about this promotion when I went into piano practice lab is I had to completely change my energy. I had to hype myself up every single day. I had to hype myself up before I posted about it on social media. I had to hype myself up before I went into the free event. I had to make sure that I stayed in a mindset of like, this event is awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit more that, about that in future takeaways, but I just want you to check in with your energy and like, how do you go into promoting things? If you're, if, if you've, you know, like create a monthly group class for your studio and you're so excited about it and you're like, yeah, I'm going to teach them music history. I'm going to teach them ear training. I'm going to, I'm so excited about all the things they're going to learn. And then you go to send the email and you're like, Ooh, I don't know if people are going to sign up. I don't know. You know, like maybe they're going to think this is too expensive and you kind of start, you know, getting sidetracked by those limiting beliefs. The email that you send from that energy is going to be significantly different than the email that you send from the energy of like, Oh heck yeah, this is providing a ton of value to every single student. So that energy that you bring to something is so important. And I don't think it gets talked about enough because I would say that the energy that I bring into something is actually probably like, 75% responsible for the outcome. And then the 25% is the actual like strategy and tactical things behind it. Okay. So my next takeaway is don't give up after you do something once. Okay. I already shared with you, I've done piano practice lab three times. And this is after doing like, I think maybe five or six or seven other launch events for casual to competent piano player. Every single time I've done something, it gets way better. Like way, 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 way better. And that makes me now excited for the future. But if I would have done the first one, I think after my first one, one person joined. And if I would have done that first live event and said, well, only one person joined, I'm not doing this anymore. I wouldn't have a program. Casual to confident piano player would not still be around because I would have given up before I actually gave myself the chance to see what worked and to learn from what worked and to refine that process. And I see this really, really often with coaching clients where it's like, we come up with an exciting offer or they're, they decide to make a change in their studio and they send one email about it. And then they don't get the immediate like influx of people. And then they're like, Oh, okay. Now I'm really discouraged. And maybe this isn't a good idea. Y'all it takes so many times of seeing the same thing for people to be interested when it doesn't matter what you're promoting. I have, I've learned even when you are promoting free things, you have to sell it like it's worth $10,000, okay? And it takes repetition and it takes dedication and consistency. You cannot just give up after one try. You'll never make any lasting change in your business if you do something once and declare that it doesn't work. If you do something once and it doesn't work, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, what could you change about it to make it work? 
ask yourself those deeper level questions of like, how can I shift this? How could I grow? What, what could I learn about it? And when you're asking yourself this question, the answer is never external. It's not like, oh, I scheduled it at the wrong time of day and no one could come. No, if no one came, ask yourself what you can do. Can you send more reminder emails? Can you put a link in the email so that people can automatically add it to their calendar? Can you, what kind of changes can you make? Because when you give up after one try, it's easy to like externalize the problem and say like, oh, well, you know, maybe it's not the right offer. Maybe I should blow everything up. Maybe I should start from square one and create something completely new. No it's easy to, to blame other people and say, well, it's their fault, right? Like I'm, I'm doing this free event and they didn't show up for it. No, ask yourself what you can change, what you have control over and how can you make it better for the next time? You need to try something at least three times, but I would say like probably more likely six times before you really give yourself the chance to like have it down to a science. Okay. So don't give up after one try. All right, the third takeaway is you need to make sure that you communicate the value to your customer. And this one ties back to my first takeaway a little bit. Energetically, how you go into that is incredibly important, right? You you have to believe that it's valuable. You have to be excited about it. You have to be sold on it yourself. You are not going to be able to get someone on board with your cool, new, exciting idea if you yourself do not find it cool and exciting, okay? So you need to be excited about it and you also need to communicate the value to your customer. And this is where I see a lot of people get kind of mixed up and they take the standpoint of like, this is me and this is who I am as a teacher and this is why I teach and this is why I think music education is important and this is why I think this will benefit you, right? None of that is going to go over as well as if you speak directly to someone, okay? So put yourself in someone's shoes. So for Casual to Confident Piano Player, I am going to put myself in an adult piano player's shoes. And a lot of the people that join my program are either teachers or play players that like had a lot of lessons as a kid and then had a long break and they don't feel like they have the confidence that they want. Now, me as Ashley, I know that almost all of them have issues with rhythm. They need to count out loud. They need to change the way that they're practicing. And there's just like this list of things that I can pretty much guarantee they need to do. But if I just go out and tell them that, it's not going to be very exciting or interesting because nobody wants to be told, well, what you need to do is spend three hours, you know, learning how to use the metronome. That's instantly going to deter people. And so I'm not telling you to be dishonest, but what I am telling you is I, I, if you can communicate the value of how it will help them. Okay. So I don't come out the gate saying in casual, the confident piano player, I learn, I, excuse me, I teach you how to use the metronome. And we do that by repeatedly having classes on the metronome and helping you learn how to practice with the metronome. I say, this is why rhythm is important. This is the side effects. If you have bad rhythm and you're likely suffering from these things, and this is how I can help you fix it. Okay. And that is a much different presentation than just telling someone like inside the program that we master the metronome and we work on metronome skills. And I teach you how to do that. Do you see how it's different when I put myself into their shoes and I say, how does this help you? Why does it help you? Why is it important? And how do I do it? Okay. And the more that you can lean into that of communicating the value from your customer's perspective, the better. Another example, I had a coaching client, this was a couple of years ago, but um, she really wanted to raise her prices and she 
had a lot of mindset issues around raising her prices. And so she came up with this idea where she was going to charge like a subscription fee or like a membership fee every month to her studio. And then she was going to raise her rates for the lessons. And when she showed me how she was going to present this to her students, she was like, okay, so here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say like starting this year, you know, the, the price of the lessons is going to go up to X and you're also going to have this membership fee and the membership fee guarantees you a spot in my studio and it's added onto the cost of lessons every month. And I was like, that is going to make people very angry, right? That's going to make people very, very angry because all you're doing is raising your rates and you are adding on a fee, which nobody likes, and you're not really communicating why that's helping them or why they should stay in the studio or, or what the value is to them. And so we worked through it and we decided that instead of adding on a fee and instead of just raising the rates kind of arbitrarily, we actually put a lot more thought into it and we just raised the rates. We didn't do the membership fee, but we raised the rates a lot and we communicated the value and reminded her students of what they are getting every week when they come to lessons, what they are paying for and why the rates are, we didn't explain why they're going up in a hustly way, but why she charges that much not just the time that's spent in the lesson. You know, they're getting access to recitals twice a year. They're getting access to her lending library. They're getting access to all of her online tools that she pays for. And so we kind of restated the value of the things that they already knew. And she actually ended up adding a couple of little tiny value ads. Like she started doing a monthly studio newsletter and things like that, that didn't take too much time from her schedule, but that did add value so that when she introduced that price increase, it wasn't just like, I'm adding on this fee. Let's go, folks. No, she she actually communicated the value and it went over so much better than it would have. Nobody quit. Nobody complained about the rate raise. Whereas if she would have gone about it the other way and just added a membership fee onto her raising rates, I think she would have had a lot of issues and I think people would have been really confused and and disappointed. But number 4 is you need to be convicted. You need to believe in what you are promoting. It doesn't matter if it's a free event. It doesn't matter if it's something you're selling. It doesn't matter if it's something you want your studio, your students to participate in. You have to believe in it. And I touched on this a little bit already, but if you don't believe in it, you're not going to be able to bring the correct energy about it to promote it, right? And to convince other people why they should care or why it's valuable to them. So you need to believe in it. And the more convicted you are, the more convinced you are that what you are presenting will get people results, the easier it's going to be for you to talk about the easier it's going to be for you to do a free event and teach people and talk about it and sell it. Okay. So you have to be convicted. You have to sell yourself first. And I think a common misconception is that like, you're going to have to resell yourself, right? Kind of like what I was saying with piano practice lab, this is my third time running it. And I still had to check my energy. I still had to remind myself that this is a really amazing event and I give away so much for free and it's completely life-changing. If people come to this event and they apply what we learn, throughout or what I teach throughout those four days. So that, that bringing that energy into it of like, I'm coming into this from the right kind of energy. And that energy is that I believe in what I'm doing that helps other people believe as well. Okay. Now we're going to go a little bit more into, um, some like tangible tactical things. So another takeaway, um, that I have learned is that you need to have things that are repeatable systems that are in place that you can repeat every single time so that you're not reinventing the wheel. So some examples from Piano Practice Lab are that I have all of my emails. I now am to the point where I'm organized that I have all of my promotional content. So all of like the Instagram reels, all of the Facebook posts, I have those all 
on a Trello organization board. They used to be in a Google Drive folder. Now they're on a Trello organization board. And I have every single piece of promotional content there, which means that next time I run Piano Practice Lab next year, I'm not having to sit down every day and recreate promotional materials. I pull up the materials from last time and sure, I tweak them and I edit them and they're never exactly the same because I always like learn and grow and change a little bit in the time between the event. But I have a starting point that gets me like 90% of the way there. So I'm only doing 10% of the work next time instead of being overwhelmed by all of the parts of trying to like promote this event, put on the event and then do the open enrollment period, right? I have all of my emails that go out. They are already done. And again, I will change them next time. I might add a couple emails. I might take some away, but I have myself 90% of the way there simply because I took the time to organize it on a Trello board so that next time it's not nearly as challenging. I have the outline of my script written out. Same thing. I'm 90% of the way there. I still spend a few hours before each piano practice lab refining the script and kind of changing it and making it relevant because I'm such a like in the moment vibing on the topics that I'm excited about at that moment kind of person. And so it's never going to like be set in stone, which is actually really beneficial to the people that attend because I've had people that have attended all three piano practice labs and they get something like they hear something in a new way or they, they learn a lesson and it's reinforced slightly differently. And so there are slight tweaks that I make, but also everything I need to promote that free event, run that free event, and then open enrollment to casual, the confident piano player right after that free event. It's already done. It's already done. It's literally a repeatable system that I have. So anytime I want to do it, it's already 90% of the way done. And I just have to go in and tweak it and refine it a little bit. Okay. And this is, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, repeatable systems or ways that you can streamline things to work for you in the future. It's a mindset and it's oftentimes like a mindset change for a lot of people. But once you start thinking about that and you start asking yourself like, okay, what does future me think? What kind of benefits will this give me in the future? Or what kind of problems will this cause in the future? It makes business decisions significantly easier. And it works on the other end of the spectrum too. So one of the things that I will often do when I run Piano Practice Lab and when I open up enrollment is I will do some kind of enrollment bonus. And sometimes uh, my mindset gets the best of me. And I'm like, well, maybe I should just like offer a discount instead of offering a bonus. Maybe I should just like slash the price. And then I think about, okay, well, if I were to do that, I actually have to go in to Kajabi where I host this course and I actually have to create a new product that's at a different price or I have to create a coupon code. And then I have to like make sure that the coupon code is only valid for a certain amount of time. But it, and it creates like so many logistical nightmares that that answers my question pretty immediately. Okay. And so these repeatable systems and the questions about like in the future, does this make my life easier? If the answer is yes, do it. And oftentimes that involves like organization and doing a little bit of extra work when you're creating the thing so that next time it's a little bit easier. And then repeatable systems, ask yourself the question, if, you know, does this make my life harder later? And if the answer is yes, and you can't keep repeating it, or there's not a way to scale it, then it's probably something you want to like pull the brakes on a little bit and reconsider. All right. The sixth takeaway of this behind the scenes is to capture the data and I don't know if I've shared on the podcast before. I'm a little bit of a data geek. I love capturing data. And it is really, really, really cool what you can learn when you start asking the right questions and when you start keeping track of those answers and when you start looking at your numbers. And 
I used to not have a really good idea of like what that actually meant, but I now keep track of like how many people clicked on the website to register for the free event. How many people of those people that clicked, how many people actually signed up for the pre-event? Of the people that signed up for the free event, how many people actually showed up on day one and day two and day three and day four? Who were they? Were they active in the chat? How many people actually are opening the emails when enrollment to casual to confident piano player is open? Which emails are getting clicked on? Which emails are not getting clicked on? And all of this data helps me to make decisions for the next time from a point of strategy instead of from a point of emotion or a point of like, I'm getting caught up in my own head BS. Okay. And so keeping track of your data and asking your studio or your customers questions often is a great way to gather that data that you need. Um, one thing, so I'll share, I'll share one little thing with you about data in a different kind of context. So I will often ask people in my programs or that pay for my courses, like, what did you like about it? And what would you change about it? And sure, that might be a scary question because it opens you up to all sorts of feedback. But I would say nine times out of 10, people have really helpful feedback. And I've actually made several changes in the types of classes that we do inside Casual the Confident Piano Player and in the materials that I provide because people asked for what they wanted and what they needed. And I've found that if one person is asking for it, when I poll the rest of the people, other people are also asking for it too. And so to keep track of data, not only from a numbers perspective of like how many people are opening your emails, how many people are clicking your emails, how many people are attending your live events, that kind of stuff. If that's a little further beyond what you're doing, you can also keep track of data, like ask your students on a regular basis, have like a quarterly survey that goes out and then look at the responses and keep track of those responses over time. And you're going to have information that you didn't have access to before. What a really great way that you can use this if you're private teaching and you're not really doing much online yet is using it for like retention rates. Um, if you start keeping data, even just noticing like when do students start and when do students fizzle out, right? So anytime a student joins, you know, put a a, a, a little tally in the comment of like, okay, a student joined September, 2023, or a student joined October or November, 2023. And then anytime someone quits, put a little tally and take some notes on it. And you're, you might start to notice like, oh, interesting. You know, I tend to get all of my students in January and my students tend to really fade off in August. And that can give you some strategic data uh, and create some ideas of what you might do. So, you know, you might push even more with marketing in January, if that's when most of the students are coming to you. And you know that in June and July, you really need to ramp up the way that you engage your studio so that you don't have that drop off in August. Okay. And so just capturing data, asking questions, so, 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 so important in helping you make strategic decisions going forward. Now, this last one, <laughs> it's, this is, this is a lesson and I will vulnerably share with you that I am not perfect at this. Okay. I am not perfect at this and it still takes practice for me, but I was very proud of how I did it in this last open enrollment period for casual to confident piano player. Be confident with your pricing and do not apologize about it. Okay. So when it comes to time to the point where someone asks, how much do you charge? And you're on the phone call or you're sending an email back or you're on that live launch, like I was doing. And someone asks how much it is, or you get to the part where you're going to say how much it is, say it with conviction, say it with confidence and stop talking. Okay. And that is, I think the, the, the best piece of advice I've ever received is once you say the price of something, you don't need to fill in the silence. You say the price of it, 
you wait. You ask if somebody has questions, right? You don't need to apologize. You don't need to explain why you charge that much. And this is true if you're on the phone. This is true if you're writing an email. This is true if you're text messaging or DMing someone. You don't need to explain. You don't need to add additional details. When someone asks for the price, as long as you've already communicated the value and you've already, they already know about what it is that you're, you're selling, then you just state the price with confidence. Okay. Now I will vulnerably share it that in this piano practice lab, it was the first time I felt the best about it this time. I've done it every time. I always do it. I always work on it, but I actually felt really good about the way I did it this time. And I can't really say that for all of them. Okay. So it's not like you reach this level where you're perfect at it. This is something that, you know, it's constantly a practice. And in that way, I kind of love it because it's kind of like, um, how I used to see performing when I was in school and when I was getting my degrees in performance, you know, every time you get up on stage, you have an opportunity to not only connect with the audience, not only connect with yourself and the music, you also have an opportunity to improve on the last time that you were up there. And the same is true in your business. Every time you promote something or have a new offer or add something new to the studio that you have to get everybody else excited about, you give yourself an opportunity to get better at that process. If you heard these things and you were like, oh my gosh, these resonated. I need help with this. I have all of these ideas. I need more tangible and tactical stra strategies about launching, about creating a new product, about selling a new product, selling something in your studio, you know, creating other things for your students or for other audiences and you are lost and you need help with that. I have, let's see, what is the date? <laughs> We're in October. I have a couple of coaching spots opening up. Actually, I likely only have one, maybe two, but probably only one opening up at the end of this month. If you are interested, it's a great time to really dive in and start to get clarity on these topics so that come the new year, which is always one of the bus biggest business times seasonally, you either have something that you're ready to sell or promote, or you have a new level of confidence going into something that you want to sell and promote. So um, if you're interested in that, the link is in the show notes of how you can kind of like inquire or book a call with me about business coaching. And again, I will likely have, like, I, I will for sure have one spot, maybe two coming open here at mid to end of October. So get in touch if that's something that you're excited about. And otherwise I will see you next week. Oh, one other thing. If you are liking this podcast, would you screenshot it and share it on social media or share the episode link or share it with a friend and just help me get the word out there. Rating and reviewing is also a really great way. If you have a couple minutes to just give it, give it a number of stars or even take a second and write out a couple sentences of a review that helps other people find the podcast. And I know from the feedback that some of you are getting a lot out of this podcast. So I would love for other people to find it too. So you are amazing. I appreciate you. I am grateful for you. And I cannot wait to talk with you next week. Have a wonderful week. Hey there. Thank you for being here. I love connecting with you every single week. And one of my favorite parts of connecting with you is actually getting to know you. I created a free community for business-minded piano teachers to come together every single week, connect and learn even more tangible strategies for business streamlining and scaling. You can join using the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to get to know you.